Hey, it's the Purposeful Parenting Period Podcast. This is your host, Brian Gennato. So today we have a very impactful guest, Emily Harmon. She's the founder of the Onward Movement, and she's just all about inspiring people to be their best, most authentic self and just chase after their dreams. She's also a personal coach, and she has 38 years of service as both a Navy officer and a civilian. So that's all amazing stuff. And today we're really going to go into her parenting mindsets. So she's the mother of her daughter, Anna, and her son, Will. So Emily, thanks again for, for being on. I'm excited to be here, Brian. Uh, I oh. enjoyed when I interviewed you on my podcast, and now I get to be your guest. So this is fun. Yeah. So um, just like the first question. So obviously, I gave a little introduction there on yourself. But if you had to describe yourself, maybe like your general philosophy as a parent, what would that be? Uh, my general philosophy as a parent. So my kids now are 27 and 25. And of course, you know, like anything, had I known now what I uh, known then what I know now, I would have done things differently. I think that any parent will find that. But I basically wanted to make sure that my children were contributing members of society and were honest and had integrity. Those are the the main things that I wanted for my children. Um, I didn't, you know, demand that they go to college at a certain age or demand that they get into a certain profession. I learned early on that, you know, my children aren't going to be interested in and possibly in the things I'm interested in and that they have to find their own path. So that's the other thing, letting the children, my children discover their own path. Great. Yeah, I think Integrity and honesty, that's something that every every person, I think, they want to develop it like as they get older. And um, I think at times, as you were saying, like we can't really think that our children are going to be maybe like us or maybe put them in a box, but it's really just trying to get them just to be their greatest self. Um, so with that, do you feel like integrity and honesty, are those like two of the main character traits that you tried to instill in them? And then how did you try to do that just as they were, as they were growing up? Yeah, I think those were the two. Um, you know, I think any child is going to lie. <laughs> and, you know, I think as a parent, you've got to be, you've got to think ahead, which is something I like what you're doing, Brian, at least think ahead to how you would handle the situation when your child lies. Because at first the lies start out a little small, like I didn't do that, <laughs> you know, or something like that. And then they get bigger. So I think the key to having your children tell the truth is to be open to the truth. Like, are the consequences for telling the truth worse than the consequences for lying? That's something that the child is going to weigh. Like, if I tell the truth, I'm going to get in a heap of trouble. And if I lie, they may not find out. So there's a chance I won't get into any trouble. So, you know, if, if you're going to I think thinking through how you're going to handle it when your child lies. And I would always tell my kids, look, um, I'd much rather know the truth. And, and then we could talk it through um, rather than lying. Cause typically at some point I could figure out if they were lying. Um, it may not be clear right away, but I could figure it out. So I wanted them to be able to talk to me because it when if your kids can't talk to you at a young age, you can't just all, in my opinion, you can't just all of a sudden start being interested in your child when they're a teenager and get them to talk to you. That is 
a, you know, a life, that's something that you have to work on throughout their whole life to get them to feel comfortable with talking to you because you definitely want them to talk to you when they're a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something a lot of parents need to hear is just how you talk to your child, maybe when they're four or five, like that really plays into it as they get older, maybe when they're 12, 13, 14. Um, so as you were saying, you were really intentional just trying to develop that that open dialogue when they were young. And in terms of the truth, um, something important that you said was you you kind of can't just give the same consequence to a child if they tell the truth or if they don't for like the same thing maybe. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, and like with that too, do you ever in your past or, or like, or, or even now as you're talking with your kids, do you ever use like um, try to frame the truth in a positive way, maybe even when they did something wrong? And then what would that look like too? Mm, let me just think, I'm trying to think back to a particular experience, you know, just, uh, you know, admitting that um, they spilled, you know, they, they made a mess and didn't clean it up or, you know, things like that. So um, it, it might start out small, it might be like, well, what's the big deal with that if they say that they didn't make the mess, but they really did, or if they say they took the dog out for a walk, but you know that they really didn't because the dog just peed in the house, you know, but they're saying, yeah, I really took them for a walk. I mean, those seem like small, but those are the little things that they, that they need to learn about telling the truth because in, in, later on they get to be big things like, yeah, um, I'm going to Sarah's house when really they're going to... Um, Sam's house for the night, right? I'm going to go sleep over at Sarah's house when really they're going to Sam's house for the night. I mean, that's uh, bigger consequences, but it's a similar kind of thing, not quite telling, not telling the truth. So I just, <clears throat> when they told me the truth, then we would talk it through and then I would give consequences that were equal to what happened. You know, like I know sometimes parents give consequences that aren't even equal to the situation. For example, my former husband, my kid's dad, he will tell the story. Well, when he was alive, he passed away a year ago, but he would tell the story about how one day he um, skipped school and he was hiding in their carport in a closet and the dad walked out to go to, go to work and noticed just something made him decide to check the carport closet and there, there he was. So his punishment was to spend the whole summer restricted to the yard and have to keep every single weed out of the yard. And his dad would come home and make sure the grass is equal length, all the weeds are out. That punishment does not equal the crime. Okay. Yeah. So in my mind, you know, or, or what he did. Um, so try to get to the bottom. Like, why is he trying to skip school? What's going on? Is there something that he doesn't want to talk to you about? Is there something going on that he's afraid to talk to you about? Is he getting bullied in school? I mean, I would try to get to the underlying reason for the, the issue. Yeah, so I think that's a great point because some child may tell the truth about some, but there's then more truth that you that you have to find out and you have to un, that you have to uncover. So um, as you were saying, sometimes we have to ask our children a lot of questions maybe about some that they did and and not ask it in, in a judgmental way, but really try to understand 
where they're coming yeah. from. Seeking to understand and making that time. And these days it's really hard to do because parents are just so busy. And now with COVID, you know, homeschooling and everything else, there's just, uh, I'm thankful that I don't have little kids at home right now. Um, my brother does, ages 9, 11, and 13. And I know it's really hard. Um, but still, you got to figure out what you can cut out so that you can make that time to listen to your child. Yeah. And um, one thing that, that I thought of, too, as we're talking about this, um, I think a big part of being honest and maybe being truthful is just um, being honest with yourself, too. And, and I feel like that kind of ties into what we were just talking about on trying to facilitate like the, the dialogue around maybe issues that your child is having or maybe the thoughts that they're having and their feelings. So do you feel like, like the honesty part, that kind of ties into like telling the truth to other people, but then also just telling the truth to yourself too? Yeah, I think parents need to set the example too. And I think, you know, there's been some Harvard review studies and other studies, I'm sure you could look them up, that talk about like the, the CEOs, the heads of companies, the best leaders are the ones that are self-aware. And so I think we as parents, leading a family need to be self-aware. We as adults leading ourselves need to be self-aware. And what happened to us as children is going to impact us as parents. What happened to my kid's dad as a child impacted his ability to be a good parent. And he could have done something about it, but he didn't from my mind, have that self-awareness. Um, he didn't work on himself to be a better parent. And that's part of what I coach in my coaching program. It's not being a better parent. It's, it's better understanding of yourself, who you are. And if you know that, you can be a much more compassionate and better parent because you have to live the example of what you're wanting you have to be the example for your children and you have to be honest with yourself and if you're telling i interviewed a guy once who told me that his dad was telling him all this stuff to do yeah but he could see his dad not doing it himself so but he knew it was true what his dad was telling him but he could see as a teenager that his dad wasn't doing the same things himself so Kids are going to go one of two ways, in my opinion, you know, and maybe somewhere in between. They're going to either notice that you're not being truthful about who you are and about what you think that they should do because you're not doing it yourself and they're going to become just like you. Or they're going to be determined not to become like you and they're going to really work on themselves. So... Um, that's something to consider as a parent. How well do you know yourself? Are you working on yourself? Are you working to make yourself a better person? Are you setting the example every day? Or are you doing little things like lying, like uh, saying the phone rings and you tell your spouse, tell them I'm not here. <laughs> and your kids hear that. But you tell your kids not to lie. Yeah. So that's just one little example, uh, but that happens um, where, where we are setting a different example than, our, than we're asking our children you know, to do. And then the other thing is when, let your 
children know that you're human and when you make a mistake, apologize and tell them what you did and maybe tell them what you did wrong and the lesson from that. Um, have discussions on different lessons. You know, there's all these books out um, with kids about like giving them different scenarios, like you're going to the movies with your friends and then this happens and then this happens and then have a discussion with your child about how would you handle that? What do you think? Do you think that that character handled it the right way or wrong way? Or even when you watch movies, you know, have discussions. Because you may not think your kids are watching you, but they are watching you. Yeah. Yeah. And if, like, I had to say, if, like, if a parent says one thing and does another, the child would probably follow the thing that the parent does over than, over than what is being said. So, so, yeah. So, as we're talking about honesty and truth, um, parents just have to model that. That's the most important thing, as you were saying. And then on the integrity piece, too, um, I'm just curious how you would define what integrity means. I think it means doing what the right thing when no one's watching. Um, oh, yeah. Because, and I would tell my kids, you know, mm. you know what the right thing to do is. And even though you think no one's watching, somebody's watching. And that somebody is you. You're the person watching yourself. You know if you're making a decision that's right or wrong or not, or that's in, that's you know in alignment with your values and with the values that I'm trying to raise you to have, with the values of the world. So even though you think no one's watching, God or your higher power, whoever you aspire, you know, you pray to, they're watching. But you're watching yourself. And you yeah. know, and you have to live with yourself. So, and I would say too that, you know, my kids aren't perfect because I wasn't, a, and I wasn't a perfect parent. Um, it took about, sometimes it took until they became an adult for them to actually, actually act upon things that I was teaching them or to become, you know, and becoming their own person sometimes you think a lot of the stuff you're trying to teach them isn't working. Um, but it, but it will come back and it will work. Um, my son suffers from alcoholism. He's been sober for four years. He got sober when he was 23, but the from 10 at the age of 13 until 23, he was, you know, a mess and, uh, it was very hard. It was very challenging. Um, lots of things that I did, but ultimately he had to figure it out himself. I could give him different opportunities, but, and at first I thought that I could take him to this one counselor and they would fix him. <laughs> I remember thinking that, but, um, he had to decide to fix himself and he finally did. And now he's, he's, uh, engaged. His fiance has a four-year-old. William's the only dad that his, that boy has known. And they're getting married in um, August of 2021. And William is studying engineering in college and he's doing great. And he has integrity and he's honest. Yeah. And I'm so proud of him. But there were times when he was an alcohol, when he was drinking and doing drugs that he did lie and he didn't have as the integrity that I wanted him to have. But he knew what was right and wrong. Mm. And yeah. he turned himself around. So never give up on your kids. I never gave up on him. I, there were probably times I enabled him, um, things I would have done differently, but 
for the most part, I didn't enable him. I just, he knew that I loved him and he knew I had confidence in him and he had to get that confidence in himself and he had to love himself. And, um, you know, alcoholism runs in my family and his dad's family. His dad was an alcoholic. Um, so he had those tendencies, but, um, and I view alcoholism as an illness. So, you know, I looked at it that way, but anyway, I'm just saying as a parent, you know, don't be like, ah, you know, everything I did, it's not working. They, they know what's right. If you teach them that and they'll figure it out and they'll become good, good, uh, adults. Great. Great. Yeah. And it definitely seems like, like for him, it might've took him some time to kind of figure out maybe like how to be authentic to himself. But it seems mm -hmm. like, as you were saying, the past few years, he's definitely been on the, the right and authentic path for him. He had a dark hole that he was trying to fill. And part of it is his dad wasn't there for him. He got, when his dad died, he did say, I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you. So, but you know, when you have a broken home, dad's got to be there for your kids. Yeah. And on the integrity and truth piece, um, yeah, like as you were saying, there's such a big connection because when you have integrity, it's kind of like you're committed to doing the right thing. And then the way you find out what the right thing is, is kind of being truthful with yourself and self-discovery and self-love. Um, so, so my question with this is, say a parent is kind of trying to think like, so how do I get my child to figure out what the right thing is for them? Um, and like what's right and what's wrong. Like, how do I go about that while at the same time, maybe not trying to impose my, like my value system or my belief system on my children? How would you kind of respond to uh, that? I think setting age appropriate boundaries and letting them fail when they're kids, uh, letting them mess up when they're kids, like, um, you know, not trying to be too controlling uh, like and, and then let them suffer the consequences or experience the consequences of their actions like to me for me spanking is not a consequence of an action because that's not a, a consequence when you get older that's everyone's you know thing to understand but like a consequence would be um you have your allowance and you lose it falls out of your pocket uh, which happened to my son several times because he wore these slippery pants and he knew where he should be putting his money, but he forgot sometimes. And so the consequence is, is that I'm not going to give him any more money. He's lost that money. That's a real life consequence for when you get older too. You know, no one at, no one at work's going to spank you for losing some money or whatever. So I don't know. That's my opinion. And I don't know what you guys, uh, you know, what your opinion is on spanking or if you've talked about it on the podcast before, but I think, um, I think that's the way you teach them is give them some bound, give them some boundaries, but let them fail. Like, I feel like my parents didn't let us fail when I was growing up. And so the failure or the mistakes, you know, mistakes, let them make mistakes. I don't know what, you know, failure is just let them make a mistake and learn from it and learn how to rebound from it and don't make them feel bad for it. But um, I made m more mistakes that, that as an adult, I think, because of not being allowed to make some of those mistakes when I was a child. And it's really hard as a parent yeah. to, you know, let your son or daughter make mistakes. Um, for example, um, my son 
once he's been in jail. He got in jail one night. It was, he was 18. And um, I didn't go bail him out on the first night. I left him there for three nights because and then they reduced the bond. These are all terms I didn't even know about, but they reduced the bond. And so, you know, but I let him stay there. And then, you know, this was senior week in Ocean City, uh, Maryland. And so when, once he got out, they gave him, they had taken all his money. They gave him a dollar. And um, so he ride the bus back to his car. And so he called me and I said, well, what, what's your next step? He goes, I'm just going to go to the hotel room with my friends and enjoy the rest of my trip. And I said, wrong answer. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get in my car and drive home. That was the right answer. You know, that's a, that's a result of your, that's a consequence of your um, poor decision making a few nights before that got you in jail. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I still showed him that I, you know, I, I still loved him and I talked to him in a loving way, but that was a consequence he had to live with. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. From, from what you're saying, I can definitely sense that it's, that's kind of like a, a push and pull sort of thing. It's kind of knowing when to give a consequence, maybe knowing when to help your child, knowing when to pull back. And I think that that's a great point you made. Sometimes you need to kind of let your child kind of go through some tough and then that not only makes them stronger, but it also kind of makes them self-reflect on like, what is the right thing to do in this scenario or who am I really, or what is my truth? So I think that's tied into just making them more resilient, more tough, have a stronger sense of self-love. So yeah, I think that there's a lot of, there's a, a lot of different uh, connecting factors there. I could shame him for, for, for that, but don't you think he's shamed himself enough? He knows sure, yeah. being in jail sucked and that's not, not what he wanted. Um, so, you know, recognize that too. And it's really about having a long-term perspective on things too. Um, Cause like in the scenario that you mentioned, so like if a parent is so concerned in the, in the short term, which is like the next few nights, they'll maybe want their child to get out of jail like right away. But if you have kind of a long-term perspective on how can how can the child maybe get to a better place where they won't go back to jail or they'll learn from their mistake? Then sometimes you ha- you kind of have to let them you know go through that struggle in in a few day period or or maybe if we're talking about a different scenario maybe it's like over a one year period. Well, I had to stick with what I had told him because I had to stick with my word, and he had been getting in some trouble you know or doing things that I didn't approve of, and so I told him, look you ever get in jail, I'm not coming to immediately bail you out. So if I had gone and bailed him out, then where's my integrity? And what does my word mean? He needed to see that, um, that I meant what I said. Yeah. I I didn't say I'm not going to bail you out. I said, I'm not going to just come immediately and bail you out. And I waited until they lowered the bond. Kind of and kind of enabling your child to self-reflect, putting them in the position to do that, um, that would kind of lead to them being in a better position, as we were saying, to overcome the setbacks that they'll experience later in life too. So for you, like a lot of the parenting strategies that you use, maybe say when your child was like 12 to 18, do you feel like a lot of those strategies you use played into putting him in a better position when he was like 19, 20, 21, 22 to then overcome maybe some of the situations that, that came through his life. Do you feel like, yeah, like there's I, a connection there? 
I'd say definitely by 23. That's when he finally uh, went to get help on his own for um, his alcoholism. And he actually went and checked himself into the hospital to detox. And um, I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time. I was about an hour and a half away. And um, he, uh, he called me and told me he was in the hospital and I was getting ready to take a class. I was a very senior person in the Navy and this class was for new uh, senior executives. And I, one thing I did is I did not drop that class and go down and be with him in the hospital because I knew, because I wanted to send him a signal, look, you're 23. I'm proud of you for checking yourself in and you've got this. That's the signal I wanted to send. A lot of times the moms want to go and rescue their kid. Oh my gosh, you're in the hospital. Oh, let me go be there and sit with you day to day. No, he's 23. He needs, I had already done so much stuff before like with rehabs and stuff um that this time it was on him and and he actually in an interview i did with him on my podcast he said that was the best decision to right. not go down there and be with him and to let him know i knew he can i know you can handle it well so um wow yeah yeah and i think that that's such a deep point too what you just said because I think some parents in that scenario, they might go to the hospital and tell the child that, that, that they can handle this, that they got this. But what, what like you're saying is you, you communicated that message to him by not going there. And, and he was able to, to hear that message more clearly without you even directly saying that to him, you know? Yep. That's exactly wow. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, and, and that's tied to what we were talking about too on, sometimes to help your child, quote unquote, you need to, to let them kind of handle the issues that they're going on. And then they'll kind of figure out the, the solutions from there. And of course, this is not for every single scenario. So, you know, mm -hmm. probably for some, you do want to kind of support your child, but there, there are definitely a lot of scenarios where you kind of have to empower them to solve their own things. And sometimes and, what you can do too, I don't know what you think about this, Brian, it would be to, um, sit down with the children, you know, even when they're young, six, seven, eight, uh, and, you know, you know of certain consequence, you know, you know certain behaviors that you're having trouble with with them, um, and, and certain behaviors that you want to, positive behaviors that you want to point out and recognize them for. So you don't always want to be pointing out the bad things they're doing or the thing, the things that they're not doing right. You also want to encourage them um, with the things that they're doing well. So make sure you point that out, but um, perhaps come up with what the consequences are with the child, have a child have a say in what the consequences would be for, you know, not taking the dog out when they're supposed to be, or, you know, just things like that. You know, I think sometimes having the child involved and they know up front what the consequences are. So they know when they make that decision to do or not to do something, there's consequences. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely am on the same page with that. Um, it's just letting, it's kind of like letting, letting the child in on what you're thinking inside your head and, and, and what the consequence will be too. And then that's tied in with, with honesty and truthfulness too, because it's just developing a culture of transparency and um, just everyone kind of telling the truth. Yeah. Right. You know at work what the consequences are for you not doing a good job or what the consequences are for you um, not doing the tasks that you're supposed to do. I mean, that's pretty much known up front. So let the child know up front. And then also, I think, 
pointing out what they do well, um, but maybe I think there's new ways of doing that, like not saying, oh, wow, you, you're such a good artist, but saying, praise the effort, right? Yeah. That, that kind of thing, praise the effort that they put into things, not like you're naturally a talented artist, but I can see you put a lot of effort into that painting and it's really good kind of thing. Um, there's different ways of praising the kids. I think that we know now, I don't think we really knew then when I was raising mine. Yeah, yeah, I, think, did, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, developing that growth mindset in a child is definitely a a really important thing. Just getting them to focus on stuff they can control, like like their effort when painting, and not necessarily the end result, maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that we've had a great discussion going. Um. So my second to last question is just to people that are listening to this: What's the best way to to connect with you going forward? Um, well, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way. Um, and my name is spelled e Emily, E-M-I-L-Y, H-A-R-M-A-N. So I'm on LinkedIn a lot. And then um, also my website is just emilyharmon.com. And there's lots of information on my, on my website too. Um, I don't have a ton of information on my group coaching program there yet, which is all about self-discovery. Um, but people, there's a way to reach out to me on my website and schedule a time to meet with me. And if you can't find a time, because my calendar is always a lot of times is full, uh, feel free to just message me on LinkedIn and I'll make time to uh, meet with you and see if I can help you further. Great. Awesome. And then my final question of the podcast is, what would you say your mission statement is as a parent? Hmm. I would say uh, my mission statement as a parent is to, uh, it goes back to the honesty and integrity, to just be the best parent that I can, to be self-aware, this is a, probably a long mission statement, <laughs> and, to be, and to be, to raise children into young adults that are contributing to society, that have honesty and integrity and love themselves. I, I, I'm definitely on the same page there. I think integrity, self-love, I think that would really, if every single child manifested that as they grow older, as they become adults, I think the world would just be a much better place. You're good enough just the way you are. To have children feel good enough. So once again, Emily, thank you for being on the podcast. You shared a lot of amazing mindsets and different insights related to integrity, being honest, being your most authentic self. So I really hope a lot of parents just hear this conversation and um, they just are able to reflect on their own parenting styles. And yeah, I think that it was a great podcast. So thanks again for coming on. Thanks, Brian.